Amen. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 10. I know some of you come over for my notes after service. I have only two copies today. So, but we'll have it available for you in cell group on Wednesday. Ephesians chapter 2 beginning with verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. I want to talk about faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. And uh, those of you who were there uh, New Year's Eve, the message was faith and expectation. How faith goes hand in hand with healing. And it was very clear from the presentation of the message and the teaching that if we don't exercise faith, many times we go on without healing. We go on without a lot of things happening to us because we are not exercising faith in Christ, in the power of God. When God is not the focus of our faith, we tend to be dis 
disjointed and everything and nothing going the right way because we're not focusing on the right thing. Now, that message was primarily for Christians. The message of faith and expectation, faith and the uh, jointness and the coordination between faith and healing and what happens when we exercise that faith is primarily for Christians. And the reason why I say that is that you cannot expect something from somebody you don't know. You really can't. And therefore, uh, those of you that were there New Year's Eve, you were blessed with a message that was specifically tailored for you. So that when you get into 2011, you will not allow doubt to come in. You will not allow the enemy to come in. Because if you live your life as a Christian, I promise you in 2011, you're going to face a lot of things. Some are going to be good. Some are going to be bad. But if you have faith in God and you exercise that faith, God promises victory for you. In fact, we're already more than conquerors in Christ. We're already more than victorious in Christ because we have the creator of the world behind us. But the message I want to preach today is about faith. It applies to Christians, but primarily to those who are not in Christ. If you don't know Jesus, if you have never really expressed faith and the desire to come to him, this message is primarily for you. It is also for those of us who call ourselves Christians. And the faith we say we have doesn't show any action and attitude. So how do I define this faith? This faith that we're talking about is the response, individual response, corporate re response in action and attitude to what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. The, the uh, unmerited favor, the unmerited grace that God has given to us in Christ Jesus, it is us responding in action and attitude. And that's what the whole message is going to be about. How do you respond in action to what God has done for you in Christ Jesus? How do you respond to it? Now, I want us to note about four, five things. The first is that this faith it's a gift. Okay, you look at uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, if you look at it with me. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. In other words, 
the faith that we're talking about, the faith that the Bible talks about, the faith that you need to express in Jesus is free. You don't need anything. There is no condition at all that says you have to be tall, you have to be short, you have to be this, you have to be that in order to have this faith. It is free. How many of you this Christmas got a gift that you deserve? I mean, I work for that gift. You better give me some. It's a gift. In fact, some of you were probably shocked somebody gave you a gift. I was. <laughs> Just as several people come from right and left, from the top, from the bottom, everywhere. Just bringing me gifts. I said, how do I, why do I deserve all this? I didn't refuse any. <laughs> it's not because I deserve the gift. It's because somebody decided I will give him something. And that's what the gift of God is. The gift of God is something that you do not earn. For by grace you are saved. In fact, when God brought you in, you were on your way to hell. You were not thinking about him at all. If you look at Romans chapter 9, verse 15... God says, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. It's mine. I can do whatever I want with it. You don't have to work for it. If you think you can earn the grace of God by coming to church, wrong. It's not going to happen. You don't do you do absolutely nothing for the grace of God. Let's look again. Uh, Galatians chapter two and verse two and verse twenty. Sorry, Galatians chapter two, verse twenty. I know many of you already memorized that, but I just want us to read it together. Galatians chapter two and verse twenty. The object of this faith, the, of this faith that we're talking about is Jesus Christ. And that is, this is what Paul is emphasizing here. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the ultimate confession of the grace and the faith that we're talking about. It is a faith that is based on the Son of God. Jesus is the object of our faith. Now, not only is this gift a free gift, 
It's a gift. But not only that, but it must come through hearing. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. In fact, let me go back to verse 16. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. Now, I'm going to repeat that again because I'm going to make a statement that may shock some of you. Let's, let's read it over again. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. We had two people today accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I knew nothing about one of them. His name is Kirk. And Kirk has been coming to church. Actually, Kirk was introduced by somebody that stopped coming to church. And it was so interesting that she happened to be at church this morning. When Kirk raised his hand, said, I want Jesus Christ in my life. Now, let me tell you the story. Kirk was invited one Sunday. I preached on people need to go out and to witness. This person approached me and said, Pastor, how can I help? I said, you can help by being consistent yourself. I said, you can help by bringing people in. The next Sunday, she brought about seven people in. And the Sunday after that, she was nowhere to be found. Sunday after that, she was nowhere to be found. But Kirk kept coming. And when I asked people to close their eyes and I said, if you have never exercised this faith we're talking about and you want Jesus in your life, raise your hand. I didn't even know where, what Kirk's, Kirk's uh, condition was. I thought he was saved. Because he'll be having a good time while I'm preaching. You can have a good time when you don't really understand what is being said. You know, but he was enjoying everything. You know, one Sunday came after, you know, all the things that he has said to me, there was nothing that would make me doubt that he was a Christian. He came to me after he said, you know what, I have never, and I'm not saying this to, you know, put myself out there. He said, I've never heard anybody preach the way you preach. And I want to be here. And, you know, I took that as a compliment. I said, thank you. Not knowing that this man is not even saved. But this morning when he raised his hand and responded to the gospel, I said, wow, do you see how God works? And by the way, author, I said, they must contact you and give you the information. 
Now, the statement I want to make that will shock you is that many of us have always said, I don't have to say anything. I'll just live my life as a Christian and let people see me and they'll come to Christ. That's a lie. The Bible says, faith comes from what? Faith doesn't come from people watching you, seeing what you're doing. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. In fact, in the same chapter, in, in, Rom, in uh, Romans chapter 10, doesn't it say, how beautiful are the feet of them who do what? I have beautiful feet. <laughs> I don't know if my wife will say that, though. But I do. Now, now let me say that some of there are a lot of dangers in thinking that people will see what you're doing. And because they see what you're doing, they, they're going to come to Christ. In fact, many of us, the things we do keep people away from Christ. Because what you're doing is so loud, they can't hear what you're saying. And I don't want people accepting Christ based on what you're doing. Your life is not the gospel. God wants to use his word to convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Amen. Don't just sit there and say, well, some people will know I'm a Christian. You have to say it. A lot of us are on Facebook now. Everybody is on Facebook. You hear everything about everybody on Facebook. I even found out this morning that somebody in our church went on Facebook to, to uh, share about her husband's birthday, 60th birthday, and inviting people. But she left the Facebook on, and the husband came by there and saw the announcement and put right beside it, and you can bring $60 for him to the party as a gift. <laughs> <laughs> People started calling her and said, uh, what's about this $60? What's $60? But <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see how word travels? Everybody believed that she was the one that was asking $60 for her husband. But the wor words are very powerful. And we have the most powerful word in the world. God doesn't, you know, you know what? I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm so glad God doesn't trust me. Yes, Lord. 
if my life is the only thing you have to become a Christian, you're in trouble. I know some of you saying amen to me. Same thing probably true of you too. Amen. Some of us, you won't even know we're Christians when you get to the parking lot. You know, we're all happy here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's somebody knock on your car with the... <laughs> I mean, you just lose it. It's amazing. I don't, you know, God is not going to base the life and death on people based on your life. Because too many of us are too yo-yo-ish anyway. You know, we say, I accept Christ. You know, go up and down, you know. You know, the faith of Christ is not affected and changed by circumstances around you. Amen. The faith of Christ is not based on whether you're rich or poor, whether you have something in the bank or not, whether you're sick or well. No, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter what's around you. If you base your faith on Christ, it will never go up and down. I've been with some older Christians and I've been with some younger Christians who are on their deathbed. And that's when you know whether they're Christians or not. People that have been given up by the doctors and everything and are still praising God. I remember one of my one of my students when I was teaching for Golden Gate Seminary, one of my students, a pastor of a church, he was dying and I went to his uh, uh, bedside in the hospital. And all we could do was just exchange scriptures. And three days later, he was gone. And when I spoke at his funeral, I said, you know what? Even when he knew it was time to go, the word of God was still his. You know, I don't know. I don't know how many of us think people are going to become Christian because of us. We can't even come to church. You're looking at me now. Some of you probably want to stone me. Some people say we need room. We don't need room. We have a lot of empty seats. And some people, if you tell them they're not members of village, they'll die. By the way, welcome to our newest members. Cheryl Morris Hairston. Stand. We want to welcome you. And Where's Crystal? Is she helping out? Oh, she's what? To the airport? Okay. All right. We want to welcome Crystal also. Yes. 
All right. Stand, Lord. Amen. Welcome. We'll praise God. Commitment. A lot of people are scared of commitment. That's why a lot of people have bad credit. Amen. You want the new car, but you don't want to pay for it. Amen. The finance company will let you know right away it ain't your car. And not only will they take it back, but it's still going to mess up your credit. A lot of us will have messed up faith credit. Totally messed up. Amen. Some people say, I have headache. I'm going to church today. Headache? You know what Jesus went to for you? I have guests at home today. And I'm going to tell them I'm a Christian. And I'm staying home. I will, I will say to you that it is not enough to just say what I do. What I, you know, it's important what you do. But it is the faith of Christ because you don't know something. Somebody that you give the word of Christ to may become the greatest evangelist, the greatest preacher, the greatest deacon ever. While you are already on the side of the road somewhere lost. Faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not only is that, but faith must respond in action and attitude. Faith must respond in action and attitude. If you look at Acts chapter 2, verses 41 and 42. I just want us to read that real quick. Acts chapter 2, verses 41 and 42. This was after Peter preached. And listen to what it says in verse 41. Say those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, listen to this. That, you know, faith calls for action. Let me repeat it again. The faith we're talking about more respond in action and attitude. What is baptism? I'm not asking who has been baptized. But what is baptism? Baptism It's an outward expression of an inward reality. What is the inward reality? That you have accepted Jesus Christ. That you're not controlled by the Holy Spirit. That Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Master. That you will give everything to Jesus. That if Jesus were to ask you to jump, you just ask him how high. In other words, there's absolutely nothing that Jesus will tell you to do that you will say no. 
That is the inward reality. The inward reality is that Jesus is now my Lord, my King, and my Master. Because if you read Romans chapter 9, verses 9 and 10, and I'm sorry, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says, If thou shalt confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, okay, you got to confess that Jesus is Lord, meaning you have accepted him as Lord of your life, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, because you believe with your heart, you're justified. You confess with your mouth and you're saved. When you're saved, it means that Jesus becomes the Lord, the master, and the king of your life. Wow. Hallelujah. When he becomes king of your life, there's absolutely no part of your life that he has no entrance. There is no room in your life that you closed. And you said to him, don't come in here. This is private. So you understand the point? The point is now you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your master. That is what baptism is. It's on that baptism day, what you're telling everybody is, I am a Christian and hold me responsible. Yes. Now, if you get baptized and you didn't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all that happened to you is you just got wet. You went in the water as a dry devil and you came out as a wet devil. Because there's absolutely no part of your life that has changed. And the good thing about it is you don't have to try. You don't have to try. If you have it, it shows. It's from the inside. It's not from the outside. Communism is from the outside. All those things, they try to pressure you and do you. But Jesus comes from the inside. He changes your inside. He said if any man is in Christ, he becomes what? A new creature. You've been changed. If you've been changed, it ought to show. And not only that, not only are you baptized, but if you look at chapter 42, it says they continued in what? They devoted themselves, another word for it is they continued in the apostles' teaching to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm saved. I only come to church every now and then when I feel like it.
terrible. Oh, I, I have a headache. That's why I wasn't at church Sunday. But you were at Safeway. Yeah, I saw you. Can't come to church, but you can go to Safeway. It's amazing how we get invalid when it comes to church. Oh, I can't walk today. I'm just going to stay in. Monday morning. I don't feel like it, but I got to go. Uh-huh. Got to make money. I got to uh-huh. eat. The Bible said they continued. They continued not just to come to church on Sunday. Listen to this. I know some of you want me to shut up right now. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Lord Almighty, oh I, I know people who are Christians when we have prayer meeting. Amen. Wait until we have prayer meeting. I'll bring my dirt. I just throw it. I won't hit anybody. <laughs> Prayer meeting. <laughs> you cannot be yo-yo like when you're in Christ. I want you, I want you to turn to James. James chapter 1. And I'm going to read that real quick because I have two more points real quick to bring to you. James chapter 1, beginning with verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. I wish we could preach on that. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, it's like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You're going out there telling people you're handsome. You forgot what you just saw. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. All right. And this faith we're talking about is necessary for salvation. You cannot be saved unless you have faith. We say it's a gift. It's a gift of God, but it must be exercised 
Because Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 said, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those who do what? Diligently seek him. Seek him while he may be found. Hallelujah. And faith, the last point is faith is very simple. Faith, the faith we're talking about, this faith is very simple. It's not, it's not, you don't need a PhD to understand it. You don't need a PhD. You don't even need a high school diploma to understand the faith we're talking about. One person that accepted Christ today did not have a high school diploma. It's very simple. How do you define this faith? Acrostic. Forsaking all, I trust him. Forsaking all, I trust him. You've got to forsake everything else. If you're not able to forsake everything else, you cannot have him. Because the Bible says you can serve two masters. Amen. You got to be able to say God is numero uno. Period. No buts or ifs. Well, I want God, but ah, you don't want him. You don't want him. He has to be number one. Forsaking all, you trust him. That's why, that's what the hymn writer means when he says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You understand what he meant? That's what the hymn writer meant when he said, my faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now help me when I pray. Take all my sins away. Oh, let me from this day be holy thine. we had time to explain that. Faith. I, lo I love that hymn that said, my faith has found a resting place. Not in device nor creed. I trust the ever living one. His hope for me shall plead. His blood for me shall plead. I need no other arguments. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died. And that he died for me. Anita, come here. I, 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 want, I, want, I want you to help me out. Forsaking all, I trust him. That's what faith is. Face your mom. And I want you to sit down. Amen. You can get up. 
Sit stand there. Now, I want you to sit down. Ah. You don't even trust your uncle. <laughs> you see, your faith cannot be affected by circumstances around you. It doesn't matter what you hear. If you forsake all and you trust him, you won't even look. You, you won't even do this. You will just say. That's what faith is. Faith is forsaking all and trusting him. No matter what. If you're here today, you have never given your life to him. I'm calling on you today. There's absolutely nothing in this world that's going to take the place of Christ. Absolutely nothing. You know, some people say, I want to have a good time. I want, I want, I want, I want to enjoy life before I come to God. You know, I, I want I still I still like to drink. Why would you think something that gives you a headache is good? It doesn't make any sense. You know, I, and I'm not, I'm not getting on you. If you've ever been on drugs, you know, you know, you know it doesn't give you any type of enduring uh, joy and peace. Takes all your money away. Takes all your youth away. Takes all your strength away. Why wouldn't you give that up? For the peace that passes all understanding. Yes. Amen. Faith says to sit. <laughs> you can go back. Thank you. That's what faith is. Faith is saying, I trust God today. I trust him today. I'm going to give my life to him today. I'm not going to wait till tomorrow. I'm not going to wait for tomorrow. I don't know how that pastor in Egypt has been preaching, but there are probably some people that came to that church in Egypt every Sunday, and he said, accept Christ today, and they don't do it. And then all these bad people decided to blow up the church. Immediately I heard it, my hope is that there wasn't anybody in there that's never accepted him. I keep procrastinating. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next time. I want you us to close our eyes right now.